Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is our 12th episode of Twin Talk MN. Before we start, we'd like to give a special shout out to this great podcast called Secrets of Harry Potter Reviewed by Ian F. It's a really great podcast about Harry Potter, and we really think you should listen. But now about our podcast, you're listening to episode 12 of Twin Talk MN. Before we start, we'll just go through the rundown of the agenda for today. We first talk about NBA players and their reaction to the season starting so early with so much on the line. Let's talk about the number one free agent in the NBA offseason this year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. We'll talk about the NBA lottery and whether it's necessary or worthwhile. We'll talk about two MLB scandals that were both very bad. The Astros stealing signs and the Black Sox taking money to lose on purpose. But which one was worse? We'll tell you about one of the craziest stories in NFL draft history. Tony Mandridge, and today we say happy birthday to Dusty Baker. Let's get started. Andrew? Now, we know that the NBA season has, or the NBA has decided to start the season July 31st. Now, it's not very soon, but I mean, it's about a month and a half, or exactly a month and a half. Now, there's some NBA players that don't really want to start their season. And if I was an NBA player, I'm sorry, but like, I'd say I wouldn't really want to start, but I'd say it completely matters on the situation. There's some veterans like Carmel Anthony who really, really do not want to play because they know they're older. I mean, they're not, like, at higher risk, but, like, he's an older player. He already has a lot of money. He has a family, and he doesn't want to be away for two months in a bubble when they could not even make the playoffs. He could just be, like, in a hotel or something or, like, I don't know, just somewhere just watching games and doing nothing, being away from his family for no real reason. But then you have some players like Trey Young or Luka Doncic, who are very young and only in their second season in the NBA, who have a very promising future, whose teams are kind of good, but, like, not really, and they probably won't win the championship. Ryan, if you were a player, would you want to play in the NBA? Well, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but no. I would not want to risk it. I mean, if I'm like Anthony Davis, I might just have to play because I'm probably going to leave at the end of the season, and he's never won and I don't think that he's ever won a championship, and he really, really wants to win one. And this might, and this would probably be his only, one of his only chances if he weaves to a bad team to take more money. So I think that Anthony Davis will probably end up playing. But for guys like Dwight Howard on the Lakers, or as Andrew said, Carmel Anthony, a lot of these people don't have a ton to play for. And players on like the Trailblazers with Carmel Anthony, they probably won't even make it. He could risk his life just to win like two games and stay in a, and then just stay isolated for two months, away from his family, not winning any basketball games, not earning a lot of money, and exposing himself to the virus. What is good in that situation? Yeah, I just feel like it, every single person has a different situation about their money, their family, how old they are in the championship. Yep, and their health. Most yeah. importantly, the health. And I'd say a lot of people right now are focusing on very important things, like, should sports come back and like Black Lives Matter? I'm like, I'm fine. That is a very important topic. But when you're talking about the NBA, like, it's really important to remember about your health. And yes, a championship is super important. And the okay. money is really important. But Famous you should have to support themselves. You should risk your lives just to win a championship. In my opinion, I mean, maybe there's some people who'd say, I don't care what I do, even if I get COVID 19, I have to win a championship. But in my opinion, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Now let's talk about one of the biggest free agents this offseason. The Greek freak from Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, we know that Giannis was drafted kind of late in his draft, and a lot of people didn't really think he would be that good. 
but oh man, he has. The MVP of last season. On the best team in the league, Milwaukee Bucks. Their number one best player by far. Now, Giannis is becoming his is going to be free agent for the first time in his career. Ryan, where do you think he should try to go? Well, Giannis has made it very clear to the media that he does not really care about the money. He said that his main goal this offseason is to go to a team where he can easily win a championship. There are a lot of teams that can help him with that. With the Bucks, he already has great teammate Chris Middleton. But what if he teamed up with a different um, free agent, such as Anthony Davis or Markeith Morris or Gordon Hayward or Draymond Green or someone like that? If he went with one of them, they could pretty easily win a championship. Just like in the past season, Kyrie and KD decided to team up to try to win a championship. Or James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Or Paul George and Kawhi Leonard teamed up. LeBron James and Anthony Davis teamed up. A lot of guys teamed up together to try to win a championship. And a lot of them have good chances to do so. So Giannis might decide that he wants to do that. Andrew, what do you think? Well, I'd say there's no obvious answer here. There's no wrong answers. But I'd say there's two things that I think Giannis will definitely try to do, okay? Go to a championship team where he can pretty easily win a championship, in my opinion. And I'd say he has to stay in the East. I mean, not to see firsthand. I mean, not how easy it is to win in the East, but I'd say how it's easier to win in the East. And how I think that it could be a lot easier for him if he decides to stay in the Eastern Conference. And even, yes, in the championship, they would have to play a Western Conference team. But then in the Eastern games, they can kind of rest Giannis a little bit. Like this season, he had his first big injury of his career. And the Bucks really struggled. They ended up losing by like 40 points. So that really proves how much they struggled without Giannis. And if he played in the West, and he'd have to play super, super hard every single game, and he gets injured, it's not very good. But and I guess- I'd say with Giannis... He should definitely try to go to the Indiana Pacers. I'd say that is a great squad behind Victor Oladipo. Adrian, Sabo- Adrian Sabonis. Miles Turner. And Just- Malcolm Brogdon. That is a really good lineup, but I guess we'll have to see where Giannis really wants to go. Now let's talk about the NBA lottery. Andrew, what is the NBA lottery? Well, the NBA lottery is basically how the NBA decides the exact draft order of all of the worst teams in the NBA after each season. So usually you might look at the NFL and say, oh, the Bengals were the worst team. They should get the number one overall pick. Redskins, second to they should get the number two overall pick. But the NBA does it differently. If you look at last season, you see the Pelicans get the number one overall pick and the Memphis Grizzlies get the number two overall pick. That doesn't mean the Pelicans were the worst and the Grizzlies were the second worst. It means they didn't make the playoffs and they got lucky. Technically, the Knicks were the worst team. But the lottery basically says that when you're a very bad team, you have a small chance to get the number one overall pick. The top three worst teams all have a 14% chance to get the number one overall pick. Now the teams behind them have about like 12 to like... Five to like one two, but in my opinion, I I am I personally think that they should abolish the NBA lottery. Hmm, why is that? Because I'd say when I'm let's say I'm a let's say I'm a Knicks fan, okay, which I'm not, but whatever. And I'd say and I see them having a horrible season last year, which which they did, and they barely win any games, only like 10, 20, 30 games, which is very bad. 
since there's only 82 games. And then they go to the lottery. They end the season, and last year they said, oh, we're going to get Kyrie, Zion, Katie, whatever. And, and I'm happy about that. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm really excited for next season. But then the lottery goes, hey, you're going to get the number three pick. Not Zion Williamson, not John Morant, but RJ Barrett. Don't get me wrong. RJ Barrett is a very good player, but he's nothing compared to Zion Williamson. And I'd say, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm outraged. Like, we lost all these games. We deserve to get the best player. And if I'm in a sport, I'd say what I want to see is either my team does really good this season, doesn't get a very good draft pick, or my team does horrible this season, and next season, we have an amazing team with with the number one overall pick. So I just feel like, yes, there is um, tanking, and when teams start losing on purpose, not like for money or anything, but like when they start losing and not really trying very hard, I just say that I want to see that team get the number one overall pick, come back for next season. Yeah, I agree. I think, but I do think that the NBA lottery should happen. Just each team should have a higher percent chance to get the pick that they think. Like the number one overall, t- yet because like the worst team in all of the NBA, I think they should have a much better chance than only 14% to get where they finished. Any team should have about a 40% chance or so, or somewhere around 50 or so, to get that pick. And that seems like the most fair thing to me. But I guess we'll see what the NBA decides to do. Now, speaking of losing, but this time it is for money, let's talk about two scandals in MLB history. The Astros cheating and the Black Sox losing for money. Andrew, which one do you think was worse and why? Well, I'd say both were very bad, and neither team should have done what they did. But I'd say you have to go with the actual cheating scandal. Yes, I agree. The White Sox, when they cheated, now nicknamed the Black Sox, um, were a very, very bad decision for what they did when they lost the World Series on purpose just for money. But I'd say look at what other teams got out of it. Other teams got out of the World Series. In the playoffs, they beat teams fair and square in the World Series. Yeah, they lost on purpose. But I think the other team was, like, happy that they took the money and lost on purpose because they got a World Series. Here, when you look at the Astros, when you look at the Dodgers, who lost to the Astros in the World Series, when you look at the Yankees, who have lost to the Astros countless times in the playoffs, and when you look at other teams who've lost to the Astros, and they could say, well, they were cheating. We should have won. But the Astros say, we still won. We still won. Yeah, we were cheating, but we won. Here, they ruined so many other teams. They took money away from so many other players when they were really good. They pitched. They gave up, I don't know, five home runs to a cheating team. Got sent down to the minors. Couldn't buy that new house. Couldn't buy that new car. Couldn't send their kid to a private school. I just feel like they ruined, I mean, I'm sure they didn't, like, ruin people's lives, but just, like, that really, really hurts people. And, like, yes, no one got, like, suspended from the game forever, but, like, their coaches... GM lost their job. Draft picks lost them. Players just like, just like socially outcasted now. Players, like fans, are completely losing hope in them. I used to kind of like the Astros and hate the Yankees. But now, in my opinion, if the Astros are playing the Yankees, I'm cheering for the Yankees. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm not cheering for a cheater. Like, I just cannot cheer for a team that cheated. I don't know. Ryan, what's your opinion? Yeah, I completely agree. I cannot team cheer for a team that is cheating. Cheating is the lowest 
level. You can talk about playing a little dirty and maybe cleating the shortstop. Or maybe when the ball is going right above to the second baseman, you run past them and yell, I got it, or the hidden ball trick. All allowed, but not the nicest. But this is not allowed. This is downright dirty, terrible cheating. I think that the entire GM and the entire coaching staff, even if they didn't know, I'm sure they knew. And the players, they should lose some money. Or some some of them should be suspended for a little bit. Sorry, this is really dumb that the players were knocking on the garbage cans. They were the ones whistling, yet, uh, I don't know what was going on. They, they told us it was okay to do. So don't suspend me. I'm not in trouble. They told me it was okay. Yeah, and why in the world would you listen if they told you that it was okay to rob a bank? Oh, it's fine. I'll just go rob a bank. And they're smart men. It's not like, also with the Black Sox scandal... It was known that Shoeless Joe Jackson was not the smartest person. He didn't really know that what he was doing was so bad. The Astros knew what they were doing, and they still did it. It's worse to cheat when you know that you're cheating. If you don't really understand it, kind of like the Black Sox didn't really understand it. I mean, yeah, it's still bad, but they didn't really understand. The Astros, they knew what they were doing. They, they cheated on purpose. They knew what they were doing. It would be different. And it would be completely different if they kind of, like, didn't really know what they were doing. Or it'd be also different if it didn't work. If they lost games. Like, this year they lost to the Nationals in the World Series, even though the Astros were cheating. So that is really crazy. But they they beat so many teams. They beat so many teams. Which is why that one, the, that scandal is much worse than the Black Sox. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about a crazy NFL player. His name, Tony Mandrich. I'm guessing not a lot of you have heard of him, but if you do, make sure to still listen. Tony Mandrich was born in 1966 in Ontario, Canada. After playing some football as a kid, he decided to play in high school. He was very good, but he wasn't. But he wanted to go to college and play for a big school. But in Canada, he wasn't really getting a lot of attention. But after his older brother John received a scholarship to play college at Kent State in Ohio, Mandrich convinced his parents to let him play his senior year of high school football in Ohio so he could be close to his older brother. Man, Tony was an amazing football player, but always felt like he needed to be bigger and stronger. Once he played football in Ohio, his scouting report went up a lot. Tons of college teams started to try to get him on their team. When Tony was ending his high school, he was huge. He was around 300 pounds and kept on gaining weight quickly. And he kept on getting bigger all over his body, not just the places where he worked out. Finally, the defensive back coach at Michigan State, then it was, for all you college football fans, you know this name, none other than Nick Saban, currently the coach for Alabama, one of the best college coaches in NFL history, in college football history. Saban told um, Mandrich that he would love to have Mandrich come play offensive lineman, offensive tackle for the... Michigan State University Spartans. Mandrich was thrilled. He decided to commit to the college, and he was one of the best offensive linemen in all of college football history, and he still kept on seeming to get bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger, even though he didn't work out a ton. He still kept on getting bigger and stronger. And in 1989, Mandrich was an All-American and played insanely well for MSU. He was getting tons of NFL and tape, attention and people were pressuring him to go to the draft he decided to go to the draft when they took his dimensions for the draft he was a whopping 330 pounds 
and he was a huge six foot five. He was an animal. He never let a defensive lineman pass him, even the best of them. Maynard started to be looked at as a top five pick. He's often covered by Sports Illustrated and wrote about constantly. He was on the cover of it twice. They also gave him the nickname of the Incredible Bulk. Like the Hulk, but he's Bulk. Tony was getting tons of publicity. He decided after he committed to the 1989 draft, here are some people that went in it. It was one of the best drafts in NFL history. At number one, Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman. At number three, one of the best running backs in NFL history. Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer. At number four, one of the best linebackers in NFL history. Derek Thomas, also Hall of Famer. At number five, probably the number one cornerback in NFL history, Deion Sanders. That's crazy. And did you hear what number I skipped? You guessed it. Number two. With the number two pick in the 1989 draft, the Green Bay Packers select Tony Mandridge, offensive tackle out of Michigan State. <coughs> They really, really loved Mandridge, and they thought that he'd be a great player for their team. They loved him. They knew that he was huge and that he was amazing coming out of the college. And hey, if I was alive back then, I would have loved that pick for the Packers. In my opinion, I'm not a huge fan of taking offensive line top five pick, but I'd say with Mandridge, I'm going to make an exception. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he was just amazing. He started playing for the Packers, and he just wasn't that good anymore. I mean, yeah, he wasn't, like, letting guys do every play, letting guys sack his quarterback, but, like, he just wasn't doing great. He was just getting pushed around. He just couldn't do what a lot of people wanted him to do. They wanted him to be their future, and they had super high expectations, but he let them down. He mostly just played on special teams and, I mean, just tried to tackle that kick returner. But, I mean, hey, huge guy, uh, really big, really slow. In my opinion, not the best decision. But a lot of reporters really liked him, and they thought that he was very good. Yeah, but finally, after three years, he was actually cut from the team. He decided to move back to Michigan with his family, but his family knew his deepest, darkest secret. He had been using steroids his entire career. His family knew that he was so hooked that he couldn't stop, so they decided to send him to a rehabilitation center to get clean. Tony really wanted to get clean and did. And after a couple years of that, he went back to the NFL to play for the Indianapolis Colts. He played for them and was decent, but he wasn't that amazing. And after he finished, Sports Illustrated gave him his new name that would forever stick, Tony Mandridge, the, intred- the incredible bust. Now, here's Andrew with the birthday of the day. Amazing MLB player and coach, none other than Dusty Baker. Thanks, John. That was a really incredible story about Tony Mandridge. Now, today, June 15th, is the birthday of great MLB coach Dusty Baker. He is a great coach with the Nationals and Giants. And um, he was a great coach. He never really won the World Series, but he made the playoffs loads of times. And he finally retired in 2017, where he retired as the Nationals' very long-time coach. And then, just a couple of um, months ago, he signed with the cheating Houston Astros, who had to fire their coach, A.J. Hinch, since they were caught cheating. Now, that's all the time we have.
Boo-hoo. But it's okay, because we're going to post our next episode of Twin Talk MN on June 17th. Just two days from now. Yep, listen into the amazing story of Alex Smith. I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. And again, you're listening to Twin Twin Talk MN. MN.